This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Greetings, fans of the esoteric, and welcome to Madame Magenta and the Arcati Killer, chapter... Cakey cake. Cakey cake. Yes. This one's called. Yes. Very elegant writing, my dear. Oh, thank you. They were in luck. Sandra was in. She'd been signed off work with stress. The two police steamed into Sandra's front room, palpably relieved that they had something to think about other than inappropriate stiffies and the implications of said stiffy. Oh, yes. Should we do a roundup of what happened Well, I feel time? like we should probably remind people that we left uh, Eldris with a rather large hard-on at the end of the last chapter, didn't we? Yes. Yes, because they'd had a bit of um, accidental sort of um, uh, touching. Exactly. He'd yes. accidentally popped his thumb into her mouth. Yes. Yes. All right. You do, Sandra, don't you, dear? Do you do, Sandra? I can't. I think I do, but I can't remember how I did her. She's a bit of a, you know, well, you know, Sandra, don't you? She's a bit of a hysteric, so... Oh, yes. Oh, gosh, yes. That's all right. Your coffee's getting cold. Sandra muttered, nodding at the tray. Eldris picked up a mug and nodded his thanks. So nothing else has occurred to you since my last visit, Miss Herring? Egg asked. There was a note of steel in her voice. She was trying to imply that they knew she was hiding something. Not that they did know something, but she didn't know that they didn't know if she did know something or not, so it was worth a try. No, nothing at all. Sandra replied, high-pitched and brittle, before stuffing a slice of Battenberg in her mouth. They'd been there ten minutes, during which Sandra had become increasingly rattled, if the compulsive eating was anything to go by. She'd already consumed half a cake in the time it took for Eldris to inquire how she was and if Bob had been in contact. Eldris felt sorry for the woman, but not enough to go easy on her. He took the photos of the dead women out of his briefcase and placed each one on the table, naming the victims in turn. It was the first time she'd seen them. As the first photo was revealed, Sandra's hand flew to her mouth. By the fifth, she was rocking backwards and forwards. Oh, God! She said, her breath ragged. Oh, no! Oh, no, no! I don't believe it! Are you all right? Egg asked. Sandra answered in a low groan. Go on. (sighs) Eldris gathered the photos up and put them to one side, and then they simply sat and waited for Sandra to collect herself. I know them! Sandra finally said. The victims? Egg asked. Sandra nodded, eyes wet. Eldris frowned. I gave you their names on our initial visit. Why didn't you say anything then? Sandra looked at him, tears dribbling down her full ruddy cheeks. You told me their real names. She whispered and reached for the photos. She turned over the top one and placed it back on the table. Lady Griselda. She said and turned the second onto the table. Rowan Falstaff. She hesitated at the next one. I don't know this lady. Then the next. Morgana. Nor did she know the woman in the last photo, but three out of five constituted a decent hit rate. You were friends? Egg asked. No, I consult with them. Consulted. How long had you known them? 
quite a while. Years, actually. Sandra dipped her head sheepishly. I've been visiting psychics and mediums since I was a teenager. I've got about seven on the go at the moment. It's become a bit of a habit, I suppose. Didn't you notice three of your psychics had gone AWOL? Eldris asked. Sandra blanched. No. She whispered. Sometimes I don't go and see them for months. It depends. I visit each one for different reasons when specific issues crop up. Sometimes I'll only see Morgana or Rowan once or twice a year. There's one I see on a monthly basis. Magenta. Yes, Sandra whispered hoarsely. Oh God, is she okay? She's fine, Eldra said briskly. She's helping us with our investigations. Sandra gestured towards the photos. Were the other two professional psychics as well? Yes, they were. Sandra, do you have a record of when you last saw those ladies? I'll fetch my diary. I won't be a tick. Eldris and Egg didn't look at each other while she was gone. Eldris suspected the spectre of the unwelcome erection would continue to loom between them until they dealt with it, so to speak. She quickly returned, and together they went through the details of her final consultations with the three women. The dates of her visits were very close to the dates of the murders. Each time, Sandra had visited the women less than a month before they were attacked. We have lists of the victim's clients, Egg said once they'd jotted down the dates. Your name wasn't on any of them. How come? I use false names and pay in cash. Sandra said, eyes wide. Um, I know that sounds suspicious, but the psychic community is really small and I was scared that they'd find out I was seeing so many of them. I thought they might be offended or, or think I was addicted and try and stop me. I couldn't risk that. Sandra nervously prodded at the crumbs on her plate. The only one who knows my real name is Magenta. She doesn't mix with that crowd. She doesn't go to the conventions or or hang out on the online forums. Sandra took a deep breath. She told me she was a lone wolf once. She hunts alone, Egg stated, raising an eyebrow. Sandra hesitated. I think she just meant she was antisocial. Eldris wrote Magenta and Loner in his notes and underlined it. Twice. All roads led back to Magenta. Sandra started to tear up. Did I lead Bob to those women? Are they dead because of me? Eldra shook his head. We can't know that yet, Miss Herring. And it seems unlikely he was using you solely to gain access to psychics. He could have got them from the yellow pages. Sandra drew herself up. But my psychics are special, she said, a note of pride in her wobbly voice. They're not like the others. Maybe Bob knew that. Eldris and Egg looked at each other for the first time since they'd entered the house. They were different. What do you mean? Eldris asked. They're real. They're not fakes. Sandra smiled, a faraway look in her eyes. I've spent over 30 years filtering out the fraudsters. The ones I see now, they're the best. They're powerful. And the reason I see Magenta more than the others, well... Sandra leaned forward. It's because she's the most powerful of them all. Good chapter. Yeah, very good chapter. Very good. Very complimentary of you, isn't it? Yes, maybe that's why I liked it so much. Yes, yes. Should we go on to the next chapter? I think so. It's called Sweets for My Sweet. Were you hungry when you wrote these, do you think? I think I must have been, There's a lot of, like, food fixation and sugary snacks and things. Well, there is a certain stream of consciousness to my writing. That is true. So if I need the toilet, the character needs the toilet. There was a lot of scatological stuff a few chapters ago. I was probably touching cloth. Yes, right, there you go. Interesting. A little insight there.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chapter peek, Sweets peek, for my peek sweet. behind the curtain. Yes. Elspeth put the half-eaten almond croissant. Yes, more food. Yes, Almond croissant onto the side plate and sucked up a mouthful of whipped cream from the top of her hot chocolate. They've fucked off. She summarised flatly when she'd swallowed the foam and licked her lips. The two meatheads nodded sheepishly. Oh, it's it's the goons again. Yes, it's Greg and what's the other one? Uh, Greg and Steve or uh, something. That's it. I can't Can remember. you remember? I can't remember which one was well, which. Well, they're so pretty I'll... interchangeable, All right, they? well, I'll do one voice for one and one voice the other. Okay. They put a couple of suitcases into the boot and a flip chart. Greg muttered. And you didn't think to follow them? Elspeth gritted her teeth. We did, but we lost them. They looked like they might be heading towards Stansted. Maybe they'd gone on holiday. That, Elspeth spat, would be a disaster of epic proportions. But luckily for you, I happen to know that's unlikely. How do you know? Fazir asked, entering the room in a towel. He'd had a lot of baths since he'd come to London, but he could still detect the faint odour of animal. None of your beeswax, said Elspeth, and then remembered who she was talking to. The two goons gaped at the cheek of it, and Fazir's face darkened ominously. Elspeth stood. Oh, I'm sorry for there. I didn't realise it was you. I thought one of these idiots had spoken. She clapped her hands imperiously. You two, leave. Don't forget to take the back door out of the alleyway. I don't want the neighbours catching sight of you. And keep an eye on your phones. You'll receive instructions shortly. Greg and Steve left quickly. Elspeth overcompensated for her gaffe by fussing around Fazir, mixing him a drink, attempting to fluff the rock-hard pillows on the chaise, fetching a dressing gown so she didn't have to look at his dripping, hulking body. How do you know they haven't gone on holiday? Fazir asked again once the fussing had ceased. She mulled his question over and decided she may as well tell him. Even if he lost faith in her, it didn't matter one jot. She wouldn't need him soon. Because my son is Magenta's husband's boss. She said, <laughs> she said calmly. It's been quite difficult to deliver a line of such <laughs> narrative import <laughs> with the lispiest voice I've ever come up with. The connections. Yes. Magenta's husband's boss. Fazir repeated. Magenta's <laughs> husband's boss. Elspeth confirmed. Consequently, I have access to information about their holiday entitlement, and the husband, Bernard, hasn't booked any leave for this period, so it's unlikely they've gone far. He's very conscientious about his work. <laughs> conscientious about his work. Fazir stared at her in disbelief. How is this? How could you possibly have a personal connection to Magenta? Neither of us knew the woman even existed until last year. Elspeth laughed lightly. Can you do that, Bernard? <laughs> I'd hardly call it a connection. I've never met the woman. Fazir's face tightened and Elspeth dropped her smile. This makes no sense. How long has he worked for your son? Elspeth hesitated, conscious of Fazir's growing anger. How long? Oh, many years. Elspeth laughed. 
Breezily. Breezily, Bernard. <laughs> Magenta's husband worked for the company even before my son took it over, which was in... Elspeth tapped a porcelain tooth with her fingernail in thought. 1990, I believe. Bernard and Roger have worked together for 25 years, though I understand they're not close. Roger doesn't... Roger doesn't socialise with his employees. I don't let him. Fazir stared, breathing heavily. This makes even less sense. Why have you never told me this? How is it that one of my recent enemies should have such long-standing links to one of my oldest employees? Is that not strange? Elspeth shook her head casually. No, not strange at all. Think about it. During the First Gulf War, you know your brother bought various British-based security firms that operated in the Middle East. Security Sense was one of them. I was working for your family at the time, and Ali installed my son Roger as head honcho of Security Sense. Roger was barely 19, but Ali and I kept him on a tight leash. Magenta's first husband, Derek, worked high up in Security Sense at the time. Ali employed him as his personal security agent. How does the new husband fit into this? He was one of Derek's colleagues. That's how Magenta knew him. After Derek died, they got together. And that's how Magenta became connected to this family in the first place. Gosh, that's confusing, isn't it? That's rather a lot of plot, yes. isn't it? Yes. sat very still, digesting this. So, my brother bought this security company in 1990. Fazir repeated, frowning, brain creaking with the effort. I know how he feels. <laughs> Did he ever sell it? No. If he didn't sell it, that means I own it. I own the company that Magenta's husband works for. He looked up at Elspeth. His eyes glittered menacingly. Why did I not know this? Elspeth shrugged a picture of insouciance. I didn't think it mattered. Security Sense is a tiny part of the family's vast portfolio. I don't care about the portfolio. Fazir roared, rising to his feet. I care about the fact I appear to be helping to pay my enemy's mortgage. Her husband is on my payroll. Why did you not tell me this? Elspeth cringed. He really was very large and very loud. Do stop shouting, Fazir. I've been protecting you, as your brother would have wanted me to. After that ridiculous business with Magenta last year, and tying up the loose ends that Derek and Ali had left behind, I couldn't see how it would do any good to complicate things. And... She added, giving him a stern look. I was thinking of your mental health. We both know you haven't been the same this past year. If you'd known about it, who knows what you would have done? Oh, she's gaslighting him. If I'd known about it... Fizzy growled, fists clenched. I could have at least fired that bastard or transferred both him and his meddling wife to Baghdad. That would have helped my mental health. That would have helped very much. And then I couldn't have used her for my own ends. Elspeth thought to herself. God, that was hard to say. Elspeth thought to herself. I'm sorry for this. She simpered. That didn't occur to me. If it's any consolation, I doubt they'd have accepted a transfer to another country. Fazir sighed and put his head in his hands, squeezing his temples with his thumbs. The information of the last few minutes haven't taken its toll. After several moments, he looked up, face slack. Why do I feel like I'm not in control of this situation? Why do I feel that, Elspeth? Don't be silly. Elspeth soothed. And soon, you'll have what you've always wanted. Magenta will summon a demon, and in exchange for her soul, you'll have powers beyond imagination. I just want to talk to the animals, that's all. 
I don't need any other power. Elspeth bit down on the urge to sing the Doolittle song. The man might be pitiful, but he still knew when someone was taking the piss out of him. Of course, and you will. Fazir grunted, a defeated cast to his shoulders. Elspeth smiled reassuringly. I don't want any more surprises. He looked up at her, his bottom lip pouting. None. I want to know everything. Every detail of every movement we make. Yes, of course. Elspeth soothed, not intending to do anything of the sort. And bring your son to me. Roger. He is involved now. He will help us find Magenta. Well, that was a bit of an info dump, as they say. <laughs> Gosh, wasn't it? Quite a lot of acting as well in that one. Yes, it was. Well done, Bernard. Yeah, you I had to switch between some very challenging characters. Oh, well, you know, I don't know. I've been known to tread the boards yes, a little, you yes. know. Well, that's, that's why you've got several parts in the new Long Cat Media um, <laughs> yes. uh, production, The Ballad of Anne and Mary, I play it? Gossiper too. Yes, Among Gossiper too. many other additions. And I'm sure roles. you'll get to play a, a miscellaneous pirate. I, I do hope so. I'd like to be a pirate. That'd be fun. Well, I can imagine you as a pirate. Arr. Oh, that's enough. It is, isn't it? Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. You found the heart! She found a key to the heart. On the quest of a lifetime, three best friends take on a harrowing journey. Your mind and body will be tested in these upcoming weeks, as well as your heart. Where more is at stake than a gift from the gods. Being with Alpina and I is going to be weird. Not bad weird, just uh, different. Everything's different on the water. When new friends meet, you have an office? Where do you think I do all the pirate business? Pirates have business? It's a parchment nightmare. And family secrets are revealed. <sighs> we could be twins. Yes, I've noticed. This young crew of adventurers will learn what it takes to complete the deadly journey to the heart. It's not like an island could set a trap for us. What? Lightning fog? Are you kidding me? But is getting what they want worth losing what they have? I was happy with you and Charlie. Was? Look at us! How could I be? Journey to the Heart. Now available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Tune in each week and vote for where you think the story should go next.